He may be a degenerate, but he's our degenerate. Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. The Adam Crowley Show on ESPN Pittsburgh. There appear to be whiteout conditions outside. It's like snowing sideways as I look out onto the parkway. You know what I don't use whiteout for? My bracket. All Sharpie, all correct. It is perfect. If you want to win money, I'll give it to you coming up in a few moments. If you're a fan of the show, you know we do a cheese tease every day on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Today I chugged a beer. Not as fast as Tom Brady, who did last night with Stephen Colbert and chugged it in like .2 seconds. He's the greatest beer chugger of all time. He's the Tom Brady of beer chugging. It's unbelievable. But Braden tweets three things. One, you didn't beat Brady. Two, the nostalgia hit me hard with Space Jam in the background. Hmm. And three, I could beat you at chugging beer. I'm not the world's fastest chugger. That was a warm-up. Wait till tomorrow night at the Great Pittsburgh Sports Debate. I am going to smoke you bitches. Wesley Euler, our friend from across the state, he gave the cheese tease a six and a 6.8 out of 10. Mm. Not our best, but worth it to get a buzz going prior to the show. Also, I mentioned the great Pittsburgh sports debate tomorrow. Today's my Thursday. I am off after tomorrow. The last day of the work week. I am going to get ripped. Then I'm off to watch basketball all day on Thursday. I am off to watch basketball all day on Friday. I am getting hammered on Saturday for St. Patrick's Day. It's all coming up Crowley, bitches. Everybody get up. It's time to slam now. We got the real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance. Do your dance at the Space Jam. All right. All right. This is the definitive bracket in all of Pittsburgh media. I watched every game that every team played this year. Every single one. Every single one. He did one. not miss a single game of basketball this year. No, it's probably going to get me divorced, but I watched every single one of them. I watched NC Central. Did you watch NC Central, too? I watched Texas Southern. I watched Radford. LIU Brooklyn. I saw them all, every game that they all played. I know all their stats. Like the back of my hand. I'll go round by round. Get your brackets out. Write them in Sharpie. You don't have to change a thing because this is definitive. First round, East. I got Villanova against Radford, and I got Villanova winning. 16's never beaten a one. I'm going to give you that kind of information throughout the entirety of my unveiling of the bracket. A 16 has never beaten a one. Not never once. happened. Not once? It has never happened. Not once. In never happened. Tournament? Never you, happened. You think people would say that more often. I know. You learned something today. In the 8-9 matchup in the East, I got Bama, the sex machine Sexton, beating Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech this year, they played some teams tough. They beat Virginia, one of only two teams to do that. wonder who the other one was. They can be a giant killer, but so can Sexton. They'll play Nova in round two. West Virginia, Murray State, the racers, they're capable of boat racing you. They can shoot you out of the building. But Huggy Bear, he'll get that press on, baby. West Virginia advances. Marshall, we are 
They're playing Wichita State. They shoot the ball on average 14 seconds into the shot clock every time down the floor. They're just going to jack them. And sometimes when you're jacking them, it can work out for you. And sometimes it won't. I have it not working. Wichita State advances. Florida, St. Bona or UCLA. I got UCLA beating the Bones, but Florida beating them. I got Texas Tech beating Stephen F. Austin, who forces more turnovers than anybody in the country at 20 per game. Texas Tech, they've played West Virginia a couple times this year. They're used to the press. They'll be fine. They'll play Florida in the round of 32. I got Arkansas beating Butler. 10-7. Arkansas is not letting it happen. Butler might be sexy, but not in this matchup. And I'm a big Purdue fan. They haven't played well down the stretch, but they got a big man on the inside. They can shoot the ball from three. They play all right defense. I got them advancing to play Arkansas. That's who I got in the round of 32 from the East. I'm doing this very slowly, too. Very slowly. I want everyone to soak it in, Tom. This is, again, the preeminent segment on college basketball that you're going to hear anywhere in the country. Forget just Pittsburgh. Anywhere in the country. I'm going Midwest. Kansas versus Penn. Penn might have the best chance ever to beat a number one seed. It's never been done before. Never been done before. Not once. Not once. So I got Kansas moving on. NC State this year's beaten Duke. NC State this year's beaten North Carolina. They play Seton Hall in the 8-9 game. I got them beating Seton Hall. Clemson, New Mexico State. I don't believe much in the Aztecs. I also don't believe in whatever New Mexico State's mascot is either. They're going to lose to Clemson. Auburn going to beat Charleston. I was just giving my opinion on Aztecs. TCU against Arizona State because they're beating Syracuse. I got TCU and Jamie Dixon's squad that can score the basketball. They can make shots. They can spread the floor. Michigan State's going to take care of Bucknell. Bucknell always, always pesky. Here's my upset. Tom doesn't want to hear it. But Trey Young makes his way into the tournament. They'll play Rhode Island, the seventh seed, and Trey Young's going to go off. Trey Young is going to win that game for Oklahoma. They're going to lose the next round, but they're going to play Duke, who's going to beat Iona, even though Iona just sounds like a team that would beat Duke in the first round. On now to the South. Virginia UMBC. I'm going VA. Got to support the Vets. It's a rivalry game, though. That's true. You do have to throw the records out. I think Virginia will find a way with the pack line defense. Creighton, Kansas State. I hate the way Creighton spelled. I'm going Kansas State. I mean, a GH. How about C R A T E O N? Jackasses. A lot of people are picking Davidson over Kentucky. Davidson can shoot the three. Kentucky can't shoot the three at all. Kentucky, though, more athletic maybe than anybody in the country, or at least right up there. They're not losing to Davidson. They're not losing to an A-10 team. Zona plays Buffalo. Oh, man! Zona's going to win. Miami against Loyola. Loyola's my darling. They're my baby. I'll tell you how far I have them going, but they're going to beat Miami. They got Tennessee over Wright State. Again, with the spelling there. W in front of the R. Uh, that's going to get you tossed. Not even have anything to do with basketball. Got another 10 over a 7. Texas beating Nevada. 
I got Cincinnati over Georgia State. Cincinnati is boring as all get out to watch, but they're a top four team in Ken Palm. And every year for the last however many years, Tom. Something like that. Ken Palm has had their champion in the top four. So there you go. They move on. Another Cincinnati squad, Xavier. They're going to beat the winner of NC Central, Texas Southern. I've got NC Central advancing because I do. Missouri, Michael Porter Jr., he's back. He played awful in the tournament, but they'll win against Florida State. I've got South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, sneaking up. You're always going to have 112 beat a 5. It ain't happening in West Virginia. It's going to be the Jackers over Ohio State. Gonzaga's going to handle UNC Greensboro. Houston, they're sexy. They got this kid, Gray. He dominated the American Athletic Conference Tournament. Really good player. They're going to beat San Diego State. Michigan, Montana. I'm going Michigan. I got them in my final four. 10-7, got Providence over Texas A&M. Stay tuned to find out what they do. North Carolina against Lipscomb. 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 I just like saying Lipscomb, but you're not going to say it for long because they're going to get eliminated in the first round. Back to the East. That's right. That's how we're doing this. Back to the East in the round of 32. Nova Bama. I got Nova. Sorry, Sexton. You can't keep up with Mikhail Bridges. You can't keep up with Brunson. West Virginia beats Wichita State because they've got a guy who looks older than Javon Carter. Their dude's white, and he was born with male pattern baldness. Javon Carter, black male pattern baldness. I'm picking the black guy over the white guy in basketball. Florida, Texas Tech. I got Florida. Tech's frauds. They're not a three seed. Arkansas, Purdue. Purdue's going to handle them. KUNC State. Here's a shocker, baby. And not a Wichita State shocker. NC State beats KU. They're giant killers. North Carolina and Duke. Now KU. I got Clemson beating Auburn mostly because Auburn's not good. They're small and they're banged up. TCU, Michigan State. There's my other upset. TCU scoring the basketball, going to the Sweet 16, beating the Sparties and the cheating Tom Izzo. Duke going to beat Oklahoma fairly easily. Go to the round of 32 in the South. Virginia, Kansas State. That will be a game that will make you throw yourself off of a bridge. 41-40, to Virginia advances beating Kansas State. UK and Zona. This could be a Final Four matchup. It's not. It's a round of 32. Zona advances to the Sweet 16. Loyola of Chicago going to beat Tennessee a 6. Pardon me, an 11 over a 3. They'll advance to play Cincinnati, who beats Texas. Xavier, Missouri. I got Xavier advancing. The Jackrabbits are going to lose to the Zags. Gonzaga on to the Sweet 16. Houston, Michigan. Michigan prevails in that one. I like Michigan's game. They got Mo Wagner. Wagner, Wagner, whatever the hell you want to call him. He's inside. They can also shoot. And this might be John Beeline's best ever defensive club. Providence, UNC. You ready for a shocker? This team lost to DePaul, but they're going to beat UNC, baby. Providence will play Michigan in the Sweet 16. Now that we're on to the Sweet 16, this should take less time. Nova, West Virginia. My heart says one thing. My mind says the other. Nova beats my Mountaineers in a game that I hope is somewhat close. 
Purdue and Florida, I got Purdue advancing. NC State versus Clemson, I got Clemson going on. Neither of those teams is all that impressive to me, but I think Clemson's better than NC State. TCU and Duke in the Sweet 16. Duke's going to win. Setting up Clemson and Duke and Nova Purdue in the Elite Eight. I got Zona versus Cincinnati. Oh, no, I screwed it up. Well, Cincinnati's going to beat Loyola. Virginia's going to lose to Zona. Zona, Cincy in the Elite Eight. In the West, Xavier against the Zags. Michigan against Providence. Providence, no longer. The ghosts of DePaul, they sneak up on him. Michigan wins. And the Zags are better than Xavier. Xavier's probably going to be an underdog in that game. So we got Zona, Cincy. Get Zaga, Michigan. Nova, Purdue. And Clemson versus Duke in my Elite Eight. My Elite Eight goes as this. Nova, Duke. Zona, Michigan. Tom thinks I'm crazy for picking this final score, my final game. But I got Michigan. They're playing some of the best basketball in the country right now. Great inside game. Can shoot the three. Can guard. They're going to play Duke. The most talented team in the country. And it's going to be a barn burner. A freaking barn burner. Duke can really score. Michigan can really score. Yeah, they can both play defense. But their shots are going to be falling when it matters most. 88-82, Duke over Michigan. Absolutely ridiculous score for a championship game. They can't make. Sh- no one can make shots in championship games. They can. It'll it'll be a double overtime game if it reaches that score. Maybe it will be, but that'll be the score. It's in Sharpie. Oh, you got me there. It's in I, Sharpie. I totally forgot it was in Sharpie. It's so March, man. I totally forgot. It was in Sharpie, Sharpie in it. Since I sucked up so much time there, Tom, what do you want to start with? Your Sweet Sixteen? Yeah, we can start at the Sweet Sixteen. Do you want to start in the south, the east, the midwest, or the west? You go where you want to go. Let's go to the south. How about about go east to west? How about a little manifest destiny for us all here? Okay, that's fine with me. We'll go east first. In my sweet 16 in the east, I've got Alabama. First year West Virginia Mountaineers. And I got the Bama Crimson Tide moving on. Sexton's just going to absolutely have a field day with Carter trying to guard him. Oh, yeah, the best defensive player in the country. It's going to be a nightmare for that Carter guy. Get out of here on that. Next up, we got Florida and Arkansas. In a nice little SEC matchup there with the Gators moving on to the Elite Eight. So we set up a little another SEC matchup in the East with Bama and Florida there. Uh, moving on to the Midwest, we got Kansas versus Clemson. Kansas winning that one, of course. Then They're we already got, out. Then we got TCU and Duke. I'm all in on your Horn Frogs. Jamie yeah. Dixon, great coach. Love to see him at Pitt one day. We got Duke winning that game, though. They'll move on to the Elite Eight to face Kansas. Battle of the Blue Bloods there. Sweet 16, we're going to go to the south now. we got Virginia, Arizona. Virginia going to beat them there. They just play great defense there. Tony Bennett. No way. Yeah. They are a good defensive team. He's a defensive team. guru. Have you heard that? People don't know that. People don't though. talk about that enough. People think Virginia, they think run and gun. Ralph Sampson days? No. No, sir. This team plays defense. Up next, Miami, Cincinnati. That's right. The U's going to make a nice little run here. But it's going to end when they play the Bearcats. Cincinnati breaks through the Elite Eight. To the west, we got Xavier versus Ohio State. A little in-state rivalry. You throw those records right in the trash can, mm. and Ohio State comes out on top. Michigan and Providence. I'm in with you on that Providence upset over North Carolina, but Michigan is going to beat them, setting up a big it's 10 the matchup in the west. Goes to DePaul. It's going to catch up to them. They lost to DePaul this year. They're going to fold. They don't have what it takes. Demon Deacons. Elite Eight to the east. Bama, Florida. The de facto SEC championship game. We got Bama getting to the final four as a nine seed. Midwest, we got Kansas Duke. Duke winning that one. In the south, we'll go Virginia-Cincinnati for 
just a game that actually might be 88 to 81 if you want to pick a one, one game to true. score That's that true. much. Both those teams, all they can do is score. They can't stop scoring. And they can't stop anybody. Virginia winning that one. Tony Bennett breaking through the Final Four. And in the West, we have a Big Ten de facto championship game between Ohio State and Michigan with Michigan pulling that one out. Final Four, Virginia, Michigan, Michigan winning. Bama Duke, Duke winning. Duke over Michigan in the championship game. We'll go something like 68 to 62. Hmm. Just 40 points off mine. Coming up next, Dale Lawley played basketball in college. He also knows an awful lot about football. We talked to him about both. Don't even consider Thomas Picks. Minor and Sharpie. It's a Crowley show. Interrupt our regularly scheduled program for this breaking news update on ESPN Pittsburgh. So this might actually change some things. I realize we F around with the breaking news sounder from time to time, but according to Virginia men's basketball's Twitter account, the sixth man of the year in the ACC, DeAndre Hunter, going to miss the NCAA tournament with a broken wrist. No, Tom. That sucks. That sucks. I don't know if there could be a worse time to get hurt than prior to the NCAA tournament. It's a bold take. Bold take right there. Now I'm going to have to change my whole damn bracket. I can't do it. It's in freaking Sharpie. Son of a bitch. Tom, can you make sure Dale's microphone's on? He's on. Are you on, Dale? I don't know. My, I'm reading this thing here that's on the uh, thing. Breaker, Breaker 19376 Sunset Bound. What is this? Yes, that is our Smokey Report. We have people call in, Dale, and tell us <laughs> where cops are uh-huh. out on the highway, and then we read it back in our trucker lingo. But Brian's been sick for the last couple of days, so that's the last time he wrote one. It's not bad. It helps the people. Okay. If you say so. I mean... And you know what it does is it helps the cops, Dale, because they're not going to get hit by some speeding ass face. Well, the the whiteout conditions are gone now, so they you don't have to worry about that. That's true. Call in, though. Maybe we could do another Smokey Report. Maybe we could have Dale read one. 412-922-2874. Of course, Dale from DKPittsburghSports.com. You just told me during the break that the Steelers had restructured the contract of Alejandro Villanueva. Yes, and that'll uh, free up about $4 million in cash. So uh, they've uh, freed up some money. Um, now, whether they're going to spend it or not, uh, that's that's another matter. Uh, we've seen some guys go out and get just ridiculous contracts thus far. Um, I did a little thing yesterday. I looked, it, I looked it up yesterday. Le'Veon Bell's contract going into this free agency period, before anybody had signed anything today or agreed to anything today, uh, he was the 40th highest paid player in the NFL for next season, for 2018. Wow. 40th. How many quarterbacks? Uh, 19. Wow. So that's going to change considerably here over the next week. Um, I think that kind of changes, I think, the perspective a little bit on how he is paid. At least it does to me. I mean, he's not the 40th best player in the league. No, absolutely not. Far better than that. That's what you wanted me to say, right? That's what I wanted you to say, yes. Not worse than He's that. making less money than Blake Bortles. Now, Blake Bortles is a quarterback. But, but not a good one. Not a good one, yeah. 
Do you think the Steelers are freeing up the cash to better their offer for Le'Veon Bell, or do you think they're freeing up their cash in order to go out and get a free agent, a linebacker, a safety, something like that? A linebacker. Uh, that's that's the key. Uh, they need to get an inside linebacker. They don't have anybody on the roster who could possibly even remotely replace, even if they put a 50 on him, Ryan Shazier. No. Uh, it's just not going to happen. Uh, they have some internal options at the safety position um, once they release Mike Mitchell, once they get around to doing that. Uh, as I reported a couple of weeks ago, Cameron Sutton is one of those guys that, that they could look uh, to move to the safety position. You've been all over that. Um, yeah, I, I thought came up with the idea in the middle of the season last year, and lo and behold, they're thinking about it too. <laughs> so sometimes you get lucky, but um, you know they're, they're, they could also sign a strong or, or draft a strong safety and, and, and move Sean Davis over to uh, free safety. Uh, those positions are pretty interchangeable. But again, they don't have anybody on the roster who they can take and, and say, "Okay, you're going to be Ryan Chazy or, or even a." a remotely close facsimile of Ryan Shazier. No. So they have to they have to get a body there. As Kevin Colbert told us at the at the combine, that could be two draft picks. That could be a draft pick and a free agent. Um you know, whatever they do, they need to do something there. What do you think about the possibility of Lawrence Timmons coming back? If he's going if he's going to come back as a backup, uh, okay. Uh I, I could deal with that. If, if he's coming back with the idea that he's going to be the starter next to Vince Williams, I'm not quite so sold on that. Um, now, you, if you do bring him back uh, and he's he's just your placeholder uh, for that, or, you know, keeping the seat warm until whatever rookie you bring in uh, is ready to go, okay, I can deal with that a little better. Um, but he gives you at least a guy who's played a lot of football right? Uh, and played it in this defense, and it's not going to be uh, there's not going to be a huge learning curve for him. Uh, to come in and, and be able to play. And, and we've seen what he and Vince Williams look like in the past next to each other. Now, that's, that was Lawrence Timmons two or three years ago. Right. It's not quite the same, but it's certainly they can – I think he's he would be an upgrade over what they have over Sean Spence and Tyler Matikiewicz as well. Yeah, and then you kind of kick that down the road a little bit, right? So if Timmons gets hurt, then the next guy up is Matikiewicz as opposed to Matikiewicz just being the guy. Not that is going to be the plan going in, but do you think it would be possible, Dale, for them to get – Lawrence Timmons on the cheap, and then get a mid-tier inside linebacker? Yeah, I mean, that, uh, it's tough to say because you saw Anthony Hitchens from the uh, the Cowboys has agreed to a contract with uh, for $9 million per year to go to Kansas City. The Steelers can't afford that. No. I mean, that's just, you're not going to get that kind of guy. I mean, that's more than, than what Shazier was scheduled to count against their salary cap this year. He still is. Uh, but, I mean, he's, what, 8.3. Um, you know, I, I just don't know... People talk about free agency like it's it's a, some kind of uh, way for the Steelers to solve their problems, but the problem is is that there's a lot of monopoly money being thrown around out there right now, and it's just it's, it's kind of silly money. Um, you know, when you see guys, I mean, Josh McCown just signed a, a deal to be a backup quarterback for ten million dollars a year. A ten million dollar a year backup quarterback is just insanity. It is. It doesn't make any sense to me. It really just doesn't, Dale. Uh, and Dale Lawley from DKPittsburghSports.com joining me here uh, on the Crowley Show. Are there any names at the inside linebacker position? I guess now finding out about Hitchens, though, I mean, that kind of changes some things. If that's going to set the market, then that kind of makes you go further and further down I that mean, list. I mean, Avery Williamson from from the Titans would be the, the top guy that I would look to. Uh, there's a couple of outside guys um, that maybe could switch in, you know, shift inside. 
Uh, one guy that I like who's kind of a would maybe be a more of a mid-tier guy, and maybe you sign him instead of Timmons, would be Gerald Hodges. From uh, He spent last year with uh, with New Orleans, but uh, he was a pretty productive guy in, in San Francisco two years ago. Um, of course, he's a Penn State guy, so maybe you could get him to come back here mm-hmm. for a little bit more. And, he, and, and he's not a bad player. Um, again, you, you're looking for somebody who's going to hold down the spot, basically be your top backup, but would also be in the starting lineup until whatever rookie you bring in is ready to go. Right. You're just looking to get better than what you have. Right. And, and, and that doesn't mean you go out and get an all-pro player. It doesn't mean you go out and get a Pro Bowl player. Can they afford a guy who would be on a deal kind of like the Mike Mitchell deal from a couple of years ago? Uh, yeah, I mean, a five-year deal, you know, let's say four years at $5 million per, yeah, you could probably structure that so that the cap hit this year wouldn't be great. Uh, and, and that's probably what you're looking at here. They're just not going to go out and spend no. $10 million a year on, on a, you know, that was the thing when people started talking, we'll just cut Levy on Bell and we'll use that money to go sign a, uh, two players to, to, fill, to fix the defense. No, it doesn't work. I mean, again, you're seeing, you know, guys who are average to above average players signing for, you know, nine and $10 million a year in the first week of free agency. The Steelers don't often jump into that. They've done it twice. In recent years, they did it with Mike Mitchell on the first day of, of uh, free agency, and they did it with Darius Green early in the free agency period. Other than that, they typically sit and wait the first week out so everybody uses all their cap space. Did your microphone just go off, or did I just ruin my own? I just sat on my headphones over here. That's what happened. Oh. Yeah, well, and this is probably not fair to Mike Mitchell, so I'm going to say it anyway because it was it went through my head. <laughs> but Mike Mitchell and Ladarius Green, they still kind of get burned on both of those. That's not to say Mike Mitchell wasn't a valuable contributor when he was healthy. He just played through so much. That's one of those fine lines, though, isn't it, Dale? You're a tough guy for playing through it, but at the same time, how much are you hurting your team if you're out there and you're 75%? Well, the question you have to ask yourself, though, would the replacement player have been better? And I think we can largely say <laughs> Robert Golden, Robert no. Robert Golden, no. I mean, that's, you know, it just wouldn't have been. Um, they need to get better at that position. They need to get somebody who's more of a ball hawk. Yes. Um, they got one interception and five past five combined pass defenses out of their out of their free safeties last year. That's not good enough. It's not good enough at all. No. And I've got the topics for the Great Pittsburgh Sports Debate coming up here on Wednesday, Dale. And the first question, this is spoiler alert for people who are going. So turn your radios off. The question is, what was the Steelers' biggest problem last season? The one thing that kept the 13-3 and team from getting to the Super Bowl. And that question is going to be asked of Mark Madden. So he's going to <laughs> he's going to talk about how Antonio Brown's a jackass and how Le'Veon Bell's a dumbass and how they're all stupid and they're idiots. And I'm going to say, hey, maybe the defense at the end of the season wasn't that good. And Ryan Shazier's injury was obviously a huge part of that. They didn't get any pressure in that playoff game, but they didn't get turnovers enough from the secondary, specifically that safety position. That's what happened. You can talk to me about Le'Veon Bell at the beginning of the year not being great because Le'Veon Bell didn't go to training game. You can give me a hundred different excuses, and that's what those all are to me. They weren't good enough on the defensive side as the season wore on, gave up far too many big plays. Yeah, and you have to get turnover. Your defense doesn't have to be a shutdown defense. We've talked about this ad nauseum. It does have to get turnovers, though. It does have to get the ball back for your offense. And, you know, when you're getting beaten down the middle of the field by New England and, and late in that game, when, when Jacksonville's hitting deep plays down the middle of the field against you in that game, I, and I realize that wasn't necessarily Mike Mitchell's fault, um, but you need a, a free safety back there who has some range, who can make plays on the football. 
Uh, if, if he takes the ball away five or six times during the year, great. That's huge. Five extra possessions. Yeah, that's five extra possessions for the offense that you're spending all that money on. Right. That's where you've spent the money on. You need to get the ball back for those guys, and that's where they need to be better. What we don't know as well is, is how much that led to some of the other struggles that they had in the secondary uh, you know, by him not being able to, you know, be in the right spot or, or you know, be, not having the recovery speed. Uh, and he dealt with an ankle injury all year long. Um, you know, he he just did. Uh, but again, the backup uh, situation was not one that they could they could uh, really make up for that. Uh, much like, we, you know, we talked about it in training camp last year, that, that the inside linebacker backups weren't good. And, you know, it was, it was a, definitely a position that, that they left themselves thin at, and it, it, it came back to bite them. Wait a second. So that actually happened? We talked in training camp last year? I believe we did, yeah. Oh, then why didn't we get paid? <laughs> Dale Wally, DKPittsburghSports.com, joining me here on the Crowley Show. A couple minutes here left with Dale. Enough free agency. Okay. I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I want to talk about the NCAA tournament, and Dale sits down. He's looking at my Sharpie bracket, which is 100% correct. I've picked every game correct for the first time in history in my bracket in Sharpie, and Dale walks in. He's picking it apart. Oh, yeah, I highly doubt that. It's perfect, Dale. Well, it's not perfect now because Virginia's ah, six man is out. But I had them losing in the Sweet 16. I actually, anyway. I actually like the Zona pick. Yeah. I, think, I think Zona's pretty good. Um you know they have a great player, which is something that that you need to have to fall back on in the tournament. Uh, and I think Sean Miller's a, a good coach who has yet to make the Final Four. I think this is the year. I think you know having that that great player, that Carmelo Anthony type player, it can go a long way towards taking you to a title. I, I like that team a lot. Yeah, I like them too. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, obviously an absolute stud. And imagine walking out there. In the NCAA tournament, and Kentucky's not going to be intimidated by anyone. Neither is Virginia. But you walk out there, and you've got that guy, seven foot one, with that wingspan, who can lift the ball up and dunk it without even having to jump. That's a check mark in their favor. So I got them. I got Michigan, which you're not high on. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big fan. First of all, of, of teams that uh, typically win their their conference tournament. I think they expend a lot of energy to do that. Now that being said, Michigan is going to be off for like two weeks. Before they play a game, which is just insane. I don't know if that's going to help or hurt these guys. I guess we'll find out, right? And that's going to be the thing that's done, right? If they win it all, they're going to say, oh, they were rested. Yeah, they were rested. If they lose, oh my God, they were hot and now they cooled off. The reality is, if they lose, they're going to lose to a team that played better than them on that given day. And it's not going to have anything to do with it. But that is going to be interesting. I'm a big beeline believer because I'm a huge homer, and uh, he's a wheeling guy. He w- was coached at West Virginia. He got a lot out of those he teams. He did have the good sense to leave West Virginia. He did. He also got a lot out of those teams that weren't all that talented. Now he's got some talent. What do you mean? You didn't like Kevin Pitsnoggle? Gansey, Air Bear, <laughs> Ruoff. Did he recruit Ruoff? He did recruit Ruoff. They were good. Um, Should have gone to the Final Four against Louisville, but that's neither here nor there. Who do you like in that in that bracket? Uh, you know, I, I look at that, and it's tough to go against uh, Nova. I think they're pretty good. Yeah, they're good. I, I do. You know, I know. I know our friend Tom is not a big Purdue fan, but I think Matt Painter's a pretty good coach as well. Former W and J assistant coach of my dad. Underrated. Uh, yeah. Uh, and look I at think, us school dropping over here. And I think that uh, I think I see the top two seeds getting through in that one, and I think I think Nova gets to the final. I think so too. They're just. They're that team that wins, and I know that it, I know that it, it's frustrating analysis, but they've won more over the last four years if they win four games in this tournament than any team ever. That's insane. That is insane. Very quietly too. Yes, 
I mean, you don't hear the hype surrounding them as you do with the Dukes and the Carolinas mm-hmm. and the Kentuckys. They just win. Jalen Brunson, Mikhail Bridges, they can shoot. That's why they're going to beat West Virginia if they meet. Well, that and West Virginia will blow like a 17-point lead. Well, that's what's going to happen, right? <laughs> they're going to get up on Nova. I'm going to be, like, be at my house. My hand's going to be down my pants. I'm going to be all excited and then just... You just wait for West Virginia to blow it. That's, I mean, now they, I could, they could be up 20 points with like two minutes left. And you're going, okay, how, is it, how are they going to blow this lead? I don't understand it. I really don't. This last one against Kansas, I'm not going to put that one so much on them because Kansas just, they weren't, they, they wouldn't miss. I thought Javon Carter broke the guy's nose. That's how close he got to him, put his hand in the face when he shot a three from the corner. And when that one went in, it was all over. How about down below? Down below, I like, uh, I like mm. you know, looking at it, this, this, this to me is kind of a, I like Michigan State and uh, Kansas to get through to the uh, to the eight. I got, I, I, I got Duke the fighting Dixons. I think Duke gets upset. They're so confounding, Dale. Because Very talented. They're so talented. But then they, they, they've lost a couple of times to make you scratch the, your head. They lost to St. Joe's. They lost to NC State. I think NC State stinks. They beat North Carolina. They stink. NC State, they're a tournament they team, stink. though. Great wins. Stink. Those two wins got them into the tournament. Otherwise, they, I mean, they're just. They're going to beat Kansas. Yeah. It's in Sharpie. It's not happening. It's in Sharpie. That's all that matters. <laughs> Thanks for your time, buddy. Wait, who do you have winning the national championship? Uh, I got Zona. Yeah. Zona. You got to go outside the box. But he's a pick guy. Four seed. Damn. It has nothing to do with Pitt. I just think I, I like a team that has the best player. Oh, I know that. I know that you're not doing that because of that, but that makes me that makes me not pick them. I don't want to pick guy having success. That much success. Although, wouldn't it be great if they win the title and then they have to pull the damn banner down? Well, that would be that would be appropriate. That would be the norm. That's what happens every year. Except this That's year true. it would just be they would do it immediately. As S- opposed to waiting five years from now. Dale, since the penalties aren't that strict. Why aren't all coaches doing this? Like, I know Bob Huggins isn't doing it because he doesn't bring in good enough players. Like, go get good players. Well, he doesn't have to do Pay that him. because they just let anybody into school. Good point, buddy. You don't even have to be able to read. I wish that I could <laughs> dispute it, but I can't. The NCAA tournament starts tonight. I forget which teams are playing, but 211s, 216s. It's going to be dirty. Thanks, Dale. No problem. Arizona not winning the championship. Because it's going to be Duke. Because it's in Sharpie. 88-82. Coming up next, the one thing, nay, the two things, Alexander Ovechkin does better than the Penguin superstars. It's the Crowley Show. During the segment with Dale, Tom was just munching on some gum. One of them big old giant ass gumballs. And I needed to have one. So he gave it to me. Not his, but he gave me one. I've been chewing on it for the last five minutes. My jaw, it aches. But I'm afraid to stop chewing it because if I stop chewing it, Tom says you feel weird. It's even worse. I can't have that happen. I'm going to need to chew this gum over the course of the remaining segment here. Four one two nine two 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 eight seven four is the number. I threw it out. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Oh, I see what you mean. 
How much worse it's like swinging oh. a bat without a donut on oh, it. Oh, I was just about to say that. Oh, it's exactly that. I've gone to Steelers camp and OTAs, and the quarterbacks will warm up with this giant ball that's a little bit bigger than a rugby ball, and it's like 10 pounds, and they'll throw it. I would imagine that after that, you could throw a ball like 70 yards. That's how I feel right now. My mouth wants to move a lot faster than my mouth is capable of moving, so I'm now going to be all over the place this segment. Not that I wouldn't be anyhow. 412-922-2874. Tonight, baby, it all starts. The first four in Dayton, Ohio. This is the best week of the year. The best week of the year. And it's the best weekend as it, as it relates to college basketball. Sweet 16's great. You get all the big boys there playing against other big boys. But there's so much basketball. Thursday and Friday, there's ball on from noon until midnight. Noon till midnight. That's why I took off. They asked me to do Madden on Friday. I said, F that. I got ball to watch. Michigan over Duke in the alternate universe title game. I've got Duke over Michigan, 88 to 82. That's a hell of a correction by me. 412-922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. Alexander Ovechkin is better than Crosby and Malkin at two things. Dose. I'll tell you what they are in a couple of minutes. Last night, Alexander Ovechkin scored goal number 600. It's incredible that he was able to do that. An incredible feat for someone in this era. I'd still take Crosby or Evgeny Malkin on my team over Alexander Ovechkin any day. Crosby and Malkin are three-time Stanley Cup champs. Alexander Ovechkin's never been out of the second round. That's base analysis. We'll go a little bit deeper. Crosby's won the Smythe twice. Evgeny Malkin's won it once. Sid's led the league in points twice, goals twice, more. He was the league's MVP in 2007. He was the league's MVP in 2014. Had Crosby not suffered a concussion in 2010-2011, he would have cleaned up at the NHL award ceremony. Same can be said, I think, for 2012-2013 when he was running away with the scoring title before taking a Brooks Orpik slap shot to the face. Malkin... He's been the league's MVP once. He's led the league in scoring twice. Ovechkin's led the league in goal scoring six times. He's been the league's MVP three times, but he's led the league in scoring just once. Each player is decorated individually. There's no question about that, but Crosby and Malkin have clearly had more team success. Crosby, though, individually has averaged 1.29 points per game over his career, while Malkin has averaged 1.19. Both marks are better than Ovechkin's career number, although respectable. Mark of 1.12. Ovechkin, though, has those two things going for him that the Penguins' stars do not. Goal scoring numbers and durability. Ovechkin scored 600 goals in 990 career games. That's good for .6 goals per game. That's a staggering number. That's a bleep ton of goals in this era. In any era. To hell of a lot of pucks in the back of the net. Crosby, well, he scored a lot of goals in his career, averages .47 goals per game, which if he played as many games as Ovechkin had over his career, Crosby would have 465 goals to Alexander Ovechkin's 600. That's pretty good for Ovi. Malkin's hovering around .39 goals per game. As for durability, Ovechkin's only missed 30 games his entire career. That's it, 30 games. He's played in 97% of his team's regular season games since his career's begun. 
Evgeny Malkin, he missed 24 games the last two seasons. Malkin's played just 82% of his team's regular season games. Crosby's played 83.5%. When I was adding up the numbers today, I found that to be a little bit surprising. Tom, who would you think would have played more games? Between who? Crosby and Malkin, in terms of percentage. Oh, definitely Malkin, especially from that whole stretch with Crosby and the concussion problem that ended up being a neck injury, like... It would be Malkin without a question. But what you said about Ovechkin playing or missing only 30 games in his career, you don't really think about that, but that's so true. The guy's never, He's never not in the lineup. He's always playing. Always playing and always scoring goals. Always playing and always scoring goals. He does those two things better than anybody. He throws his body around a lot, too. Yeah, that's the other thing. He's so, such a physical player that you'd think he'd have one year where he'd be unlucky and maybe miss the rest of the season and miss 50 games, but it just never happens. This piece that I wrote for ESPNPGH.com with a lot of numbers and nonsense. It was kind of me extending an olive branch to Alexander Ovechkin. I've crushed him in the past, but I do think he deserves to be respected. I mean, this guy is going to be up there around Gretzky in terms of goals scored whenever his career is done. I don't know if he's going to catch him. It'd be really difficult. He'd have to keep this pace up for like eight years. It's really hard. He's going to decline. But he, to me, is one of the best goal scorers ever, and he's the best goal scorer I've ever seen. And the way he plays is so dynamic. At the beginning of his career, oh my God, that series that the Penguins played with the Capitals in 2009, that's the best I've ever seen Alexander Ovechkin play. And oh my God, I don't know if anybody could hit that level. He was so dynamic coming down the wing. You couldn't stop him on the power play. He'd blow you up. He was flying all over the ice, and he'd skates all choppy. It's just a beautiful thing to watch. He's as entertaining a hockey player as I think I've ever seen. And Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby certainly, certainly are up there on the entertainment scale. But Crosby's shot doesn't compare to Ovechkin's at all. I mean, really, nobody's does, but his is unbelievable. And he's not afraid to go to the net. He makes his own space. He's like a power forward out there. He's a guy who deserves to be respected. And I think Crosby's only got two true peers over his career. And McDavid will enter that conversation. Over the course of his career, only two players have been in his stratosphere for Sidney Crosby. And that's Sidney, and that's Alexander Ovechkin and Evgeny Malkin. That's it. That's the list. That is it. You know, Datsuk kind of cut in and out. Giroux got handed the baton, if you'll all remember. There have been great players, but those three are the constants. Evgeny Malkin doesn't get enough respect. Ovechkin doesn't get enough respect in this town, and he gets crushed for never having won. And I do think that's important, but individually... He's right there with those guys. I take them both over him. I think they're better players. I think Sidney Crosby is one of the best five hockey players of all time. But that doesn't mean you have to diminish or take anything away from Alexander Ovechkin. Do you think if Stamkos would have stayed healthy and didn't have that recent past stretch of bad luck and poor injuries that he would be on that same level as those three? I don't think so. But he... He's close, though. I don't think so. When but he, he was at his prime, he was pretty damn good. Yeah, but that's just the thing, right? These guys, their their prime has lasted their entire careers. Would you say that he might have been the most prolific goal scorer other than Ovechkin? Yeah, but he only had it for a couple of years. That's what period. I'm saying. He was yeah. bad luck with injury. And that, well, that's the thing. You can talk about the same thing in baseball. Everyone always wants to talk about the the best closer of all time being Mariano Rivera. 
Look at closers. It's tough to say this closer was great for an extended period of time. It's in and out. Goal scoring seems to happen like that, too. You'll have a year where you score 50, then you'll score 29. Sidney Crosby's done that. Sidney Crosby led the league in scoring last year. He's got 23 goals now this year. It's a streaky thing. And Ovechkin's down years, he's had like 35 goals. Ovechkin scored 65 one year. That's the thing. It's the consistency in which he does something that nobody else does do consistently. And the same thing can be said about Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin when it comes to putting up points. And the reason why those three are in a conversation alone is because their careers have been their primes. Crosby's averaged a point per game since he started. Malkin, same thing. And Ovechkin's been scoring goals at this clip since he started. It's unbelievable. Coming up next, Tim Benz talking about the great Pittsburgh sports debate and I wonder if this guy's gotten any sleep recently. It's the Crowley Show.